we should be we should be live all right what's happening everybody this is our one hour q a with ron reed we wanted to um you know with the crazy time that we have going on here a lot of people have been laid off um and whatnot so we wanted ron and i wanted to um bring you guys a free q a resume uh session to help people revamp their resumes and um you know do up their linkedin profiles everything you know so we'll wait and see if uh we'll get some people flowing on here what's um what's been going on with you ron uh, since last time we <laughs> since four days ago yeah now things have been busy um Things have only gotten crazier out there um, in the past four days since we last spoke. Okay. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy times out there. So I I'm glad you put this together. I yeah. think I think what you're doing with Smithtown Live in general is really interesting, and I think this is a unique time where a Smithtown Live can be really valuable for the community, the business owners, yeah. uh, just also you know the the residents, just keeping everybody in touch. While everything yeah. you know, over you know, we're not really doing as much face to face, you know, yeah. in person communication right now. So this this is great what you're doing. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, it's um, it's it's highlighting local businesses, you know, um, which which is an is, I think is a necessity. I think a lot of local businesses lack the knowledge of um, how to present themselves and you know, how to promote themselves on social media. So this is just one avenue and it lives forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, video lasts forever um, on YouTube. I turned it into a podcast and then of course, Facebook. Um, so you have a bunch of different mediums that you, you're able to present your business on. Yeah, um, smart. very smart. You know, and I'm starting to reach out to, um, you know, I want to do an interesting people of Smithtown or interesting people of the area segment. You know, I know there's a beekeeper down the road. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, so plenty of interesting people in the Smithtown area. To, oh to yeah, play. yeah, definitely. The historical society can provide a, a yeah. ton of people also. So let's. Um, we got a few viewers on. Um, let's get into what we really want to uh, accomplish today and talk about. Um, resumes. So there's a lot of, a lot of kids just getting out of college every year. There's kids getting out of college, but then now all of a sudden there's this whole influx of people that are like, wow, I may have to find another job. Mm -hmm. um, how important is a resume regardless of what industry you're in? Well, it's, it, I mean, it's critically important. Um, you know, regardless of how you find your next job, especially because processes are so, uh, they're so systematic these days in terms of HR and everything be on it, being on the up and up and documented. Yeah. You know, even if you get your next job and you go through your next interview process because you know somebody on the inside through a, re a referral, at some point that company is going to ask to have a resume on file more than likely. So it's just absolutely critical. I mean, most conversations typically, you know, in regards to an interview process, typically a very early on lead to, let me see your resume. Right. <laughs> so the fact of the matter is, is you should just have a very strong resume ready to go, um, okay. whether you're looking or not. You know, okay. if you're not looking for an opportunity right now, I think it's smart to have a strong resume ready to go so that you don't miss out on opportunities. You can pounce on opportunities when they arise. Um, on the flip side, when when absolutely out of the blue, you know, COVID-19 pandemics happen, you're ready to rock as well. And you're not behind the eight ball um, because a, a really quality resume takes time. So you want to be right. ready to get the ground running, you know, in good times and in bad. Right. Having all your accomplishments and, and having it formatted properly so recruiters or companies um read it and they don't just red flag it and throw it out the door um is important oh massively important i mean it's important. 
when there's not 25 million unemployed people and there's massive competition, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's massively important to have a perfectly formatted document that shows you as somebody that makes an impact and not simply somebody that just does tasks and responsibilities. That's important in any job market, but now more than ever, um, you know, just the fact of the matter is with how many people that have been laid off the competition, there, there's so much more competition now. So now it's more important now more than ever to have a flawless well-crafted resume. Okay. You're commercial. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's your, it's your about you in a short, what one page or two page um, piece that tells all your different things about you. Um, so is there a certain format that, um, or is there different resumes for different industries? Um, you know, talk to us a little bit about like, what's the difference between a, <clears throat> somebody that's applying for a restaurant management job to somebody that's applying for an IT job? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, there's, there's no one resume template. There's no one resume format out there. Um, and in fact, when it comes to resume writing, there's actually very few must follow rules. So, you know, what works for one industry or one profession might not work for another industry or profession. So just as an example, um, you know, if you're a finance professional or a legal professional, it, it's wise to stick to a very conservative traditional format, very uh, conservative fonts, very easy to read sections, no bells and whistles, content focused, essentially. On okay. the flip side, if you're a graphic designer, I think it would be wise to show off some graphic design skills in your resume, right? If you're claiming to be a graphic designer, your resume should reflect that. So, yeah. you know, unlike the finance and legal resumes, I think mm. uh, in those creative fields, you might want to show a resume that has a little bit of color, you know, maybe, um, maybe an interesting graphic, you know, maybe what I see a lot of times on those resumes is, uh, a graphic designer will turn their uh, initials into a graphic, almost like a logo. Okay. Um, you know, maybe a professional, but a more contemporary looking font. Right. Sometimes you'll see like a two column format, which is not your traditional uh, conservative format. Um, with, I, you know, for 90% of my clients where, where I advise never go beyond two pages, but there's certain professions where it's very common to see three, four, five, six page resumes. Like oh. in IT, for example, a lot of IT professionals take on a lot of contract jobs, you okay. know, three months here, six months here, a year here. And that naturally lengthens the document. They're listing a lot of technical skills, which naturally lengthens the document. So that's quite standard in that industry. So right. long story short, to answer your question, there's a lot of different factors that impact, you know, your resume's format, the length, the font style, how you structure the document. And um, yeah, if, if anybody had some questions about that, you know, feel free to shoot me an email or uh, find me on LinkedIn and, you know, we can talk about your unique situation. Yeah. Yeah. And for anybody that's watching, if you have any questions or comments, um, just put them in the comments below and we'll answer them as we go along. Um, and that's what Ron is essentially here for. It's a Q&A. So please feel free to ask any questions you may have about your job search, um, you know, Ron's experience, um, whatever it is towards jobs and resumes, right? Absolutely. Fire away. O open yeah. Up here. Yeah. So how about LinkedIn? Love, um, Love. You know, LinkedIn Love. is the premier um, professional social media site. What, um, how important is it to have not only your resume, but also a LinkedIn profile? I think it's massively important to have a really solid LinkedIn presence, okay. um, especially in a 2020 job search and beyond. Mm -hmm. you know, in 2020, LinkedIn is the premier online recruiting tool that recruiters are using. Okay. So if, in my mind, if recruiters are relying on LinkedIn, if I'm a job seeker, I want to be playing on that LinkedIn field and right. I want to be putting my best foot forward. And okay. your best foot forward means being as searchable as possible so that those recruiters that are relying on LinkedIn can find you, right? Okay. Um, it means having a professional brand. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it'd be really smart in 2020 
especially when you have so much competition now with everybody that's you looking for work. I think it's important to have a professional brand. View yourself as a job seeker as almost your own individual brand or company. Okay. Should be consistent across platforms, right? Your LinkedIn should be have consistency with your resume. Um, you know, so so that you're projecting sort of a consistent message to recruiters and to the job market. Okay. So I I think a lot about that when I'm uh, you know, as a as a, a realtor, I'm like, well, are where are people looking for me? Mm-hmm. They're not just like they're they're looking on Facebook. They're looking to see what I'm doing. You know, they want to know who's who's going to be handling their house. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm wondering, do they go to LinkedIn and check me out? You know, absolutely. I, I um, guarantee you, many of your prospective clients are are checking you out on LinkedIn. Okay. I, I bet I I, I I would bet a lot of money on that actually. Okay. Yeah. So they're not just checking out my Facebook business page or my, my personal Facebook page um, or Instagram or wherever I may be, which, you know, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute is keeping it, keeping it tight and clean. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, yeah, LinkedIn. So, so how do you break down a LinkedIn profile? Like, is there, is there a certain format there or do you want to, um, maybe you want to take a look at my profile. We can share the screen yeah, and, sure. um, you could take a look, you know, you could, you could pick apart my profile for me. I'll make notes as we go along. So I know what to change. Yeah, let's do that. I'll pick your profile apart and I, I won't take it easy on you. All right. Yeah, no, no, not at all. <laughs> I want, I want to know this is, this is good info for me. Um, yeah, let's take a look here. Um, I'll point out the good, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's start right at the top here. So the first thing I'm noticing is your URL, you know, linkedin.com slash in slash James Hayden. So I love the fact, I, I love this. I love the fact that you took the, took the time to customize this URL. Okay. So what I mean by customizing it is that when you signed up for LinkedIn and when anybody signs up for LinkedIn, LinkedIn assigns you a random URL where there's usually a bunch of random letters and numbers on the end of this. <clears throat> so what I'm getting at is you took the time to customize this, meaning you eliminated those random letters and numbers. So now you just have this clean, you know, slash James Hayden slash. Right. I know that doesn't sound like a huge deal, but I think from a branding perspective, it just looks so clean and professional. Yeah. Um, you, know, you can it, you, you as a real estate agent, you can include that on your business card and it, it would look really clean. Uh, you can include that on things like your resume, your office stationery, your other mm-hmm. social media platforms. It just looks really clean as a link. So I just love that. It's just really sharp from a branding perspective. Yeah. So that's the first thing I'm noticing. So well okay. done with that. Good. All right. So the next thing I'm looking at is this sort of intro area. So I love the banner photo where you have the Hayden team, Realty Connect USA. Uh, I, I love that because that just immediately informs the viewer who you are, that you're in the real estate world. Um, and this is, you know, I, I've been on your, your website. This is very consistent with your website, right? The logo is on your website. So you have brand consistency across the platforms, right? Yes. Across your profile on your website. So I think that's smart. Mm-hmm. Headshot's great. You know, perfectly centered, perfectly cropped, uh, you know, neutral background. It's a high resolution photo. You're dressed professionally. Great smile. So you're good to go with the banner photo and the and the headshot. Okay. Well done. Um, the next thing I'm, I'm, noted, I'm looking at is your headline. So right now it says licensed associate real estate broker at Realty Connect. Yep. So your headline right now is LinkedIn's default headline. So LinkedIn defaults to uh, most recent job title at most recent company name. Okay. And and this is what 95% of LinkedIn users have as their headline. What you may want to consider, though, is, again, from a branding perspective, you may want to use some of the language from your website here instead so that you'll have sort of a catchier headline. So, you know, I I looked at your website 
you might want to put something up there like helping you buy and sell with confidence. Okay. Which is your tagline on your website. Right. And you had a couple of other things on there as well. Um, you know, clear decisions, great service, and awesome marketing strategies. Right. You want to add something like that in your headline. Okay. So okay. You, know, you have 120 characters to play around with in that headline. Um, but long story short, I, I would advise you to use that space to market yourself as opposed to simply state a job title and company name. Because the fact of the matter is when when the viewer of your profile scrolls down to your experience section, they're going to see that anyway. Okay. So I think, you know, marketing yourself in the headline is a better use of this space. Okay. So rather than having the, um, the job title there have almost your intro line or your catch, your catchphrase. Exactly. You know, I exactly. do X, Y, Z or something. Exactly. Because like they're going to see where you work down down lower in the about. Exactly. Like a tagline. So just keep in mind, I'm advising everybody to treat themselves like a brand, right? So if this was the Nike profile, this would say, just do it. Okay. Right? Okay. All right. I, I love the fact that you have over 500 connections. That's that's amazing. Um, you know, you're, you're a salesperson for a living. So... Yeah. Sales and job seeking are very similar. I mean, looking for a job is a sales process. So with that in mind, I, I think it's smart to have a lot of connections. Connections equal activity. Activity equals eyeballs on your profile. So right. 500 plus connections is the benchmark that I want all of my clients shooting for. So that's great to see that you're there already. Okay. Oh, we, we have a lot of connections in common. Yeah. 26 oh, mutual like connections. Okay. Very cool. All right, let's take a look at your about section. Okay. It's a little old. Hasn't been updated in a little while. All right, we'll definitely get it updated. Okay. And uh, so there, there's some stuff that I like about this. So what I love about your about section is that you're writing this in full sentences with personal pronouns, which is something that we don't really do on a resume, right? Okay. So the traditional resume is written in a choppy sentence structure it's not a full sentence structure and we're typically not using personal pronouns. So words like I, me, and my. Right. On the flip side, I, I actually advise my clients to do that in LinkedIn. Because okay. when, when you use full sentence structure and personal pronouns in LinkedIn, you're creating a more conversational tone, mm -hmm. which I think, um, you know, I don't have any data to back this up. I don't have any proof to back this up, but I do think there's something to be said for pairing a conversational tone with a profile picture where whoever's on your profile can almost visualize you speaking to them and okay. getting to know you, which okay. is a completely different dynamic than a resume. So you have your, so basically your headline is like your, your tagline yep. and then you're about should really be almost kind of like your elevator pitch. Yeah. It's like an elevator pitch, uh, a synopsis, your story. Okay. And then what I also love that you've done here is you have a running list of specialties right, right here. This is really smart because what you've essentially done is you've loaded this up with keywords. Okay. That somebody looking for somebody with your expertise would most likely be searching. Okay. That's really smart because by, by having this running list of specialties, you're more likely to be found. Okay by the right Sorry. person who can do business with you. Okay, so I need to update that too. <laughs> yeah, I would blow this out. I would make this list as long as possible. Okay. Very cool. Now, what you might want to also consider is, now keep in mind, most people watching this are job seekers, but again, I, I think there's a lot of parallels between job seeking and the real estate market. Yes. So you as a real estate professional, what you may want to consider is, the great thing about LinkedIn is you can add media, you can add links, you can add video pictures. You may want to add some pictures and video here to some of your li latest listings. Okay. Right? You could you could you could post up some really high quality photos, or if you had some drone footage or anything like that, I think that would be really cool to list here. Okay. Ne you never know. Your next buyer or your next client could stumble upon your LinkedIn profile and. That, you know, that, that listing info, that picture could be what, 
what what sparks the deal. Okay. So linking, like, are you talking about linking back to another, like, say, a YouTube video, or are you actually talking about embedding into the um, profile? That exactly, yeah. On LinkedIn, you can actually embed the video or or picture or you know or uh, photos. So, and is that in the about, or or do you have to add another section? You know what? It, it's typically in the about. I believe okay. just a few days ago they actually moved it though. But um, if you go to edit this section, you should be able to attach that the, that media. Okay, it's so just new like listings or part of my website or something. Yeah. Okay. Now, from a job seeker's perspective, because most people watching this, you know, if if there's any photos or video of you at a conference or representing your past employers, um, you know, giving a presentation or something along those lines, if you were ever quoted in an article, that might be great media to consider linking up in this about section. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, I've actually uh, been in Newsday a couple of times. Yeah, I think that would be tremendous to get up there. I think that yeah. would really give you a lot of credibility. Okay. Very cool. Okay. All right. Now with the experience section, you know, right now your experience section is what I call a skeleton experience section, meaning you have the bones, right? You have company names, you have job titles, you have the logos and you have dates of employment, but there's not really a lot of meat on the bones, meat, meat meaning content. Okay. So I would want you to build out this content a little bit more. And I'm sure you can lean heavily on your website's content. I'm sure on your website, you probably have like an about me section. Um, there's probably some um, some content you can copy and paste from there. But yeah. with LinkedIn, content is king, right? Because the more content you have in your profile, the more searchable you become. Okay. So what you may want to do is, you know, maybe you want to use this space to showcase your five top deals of all time at Realty Connect or your five most recent deals or your current listings. Um, there, there's there's tons of different ways you can use this space, but, um, okay. or, or you may just want to simply tell your story. You know, you know, after working two years at Daniel Yale, I transitioned to Realty Connect, yada, yada, yada. Right, okay. Maybe talk about the company a little bit and their culture. Sure, and, and you can also attach media to each of these individual jobs as well. So if like, you know, if you sold an amazing property at any of these companies, maybe attach a photo or um, if there was an article written about you or, you know, whatever the case is, that, that would really take this to the next level. Okay. Uh, actually, you've done it here at Coach. You attached some media. Yeah, I think that might be even be a broken uh, website link. <laughs> <laughs> from an old from an older website that I had when yeah. I was a coach. So okay, but at oops. least you get the point. Though. You're you're on the right path. Yeah, we got caught up there. What's it to show one more experience? I don't know what that one more. Oh, okay. Those band lines. Yeah. Okay. Now education. I didn't. I haven't um, beefed up too much. Okay. Yeah, here um, you just want to list any licenses, certifications. Um, typically, we keep education at college. the The exception is if you uh, you know sometimes people go to like a really well known, respected, prestigious high school or prep school or something like that, which can really okay. help for networking purposes. Okay. You know, like here on the island, the, the, the school that comes to mind is Chaminade. Okay. You know, Chaminade carries a lot of weight, um, even though it's a high school. So if okay. I were to promenade, I, I would certainly include that here. Okay. But typically we keep it to college and um, licenses, certifications like you've done here. Right, right, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I love that you have volunteer experience. If, if you have any additional volunteer experience, definitely add that as well. Okay. Oh, and how about, what about boards? If you're on a, yeah. a board or something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Board memberships and any leadership or any community involvement that that would certainly uh, be included here. Okay. Now, what about listing stuff like, um, I mean, is it, it it's obviously a self-promotional um, page. So should I be putting my, my Smithtown Live stuff up there? 
You know what? I, I think I think that decision is all predicated on what you're looking to get out of LinkedIn. You know, if if you're going to use LinkedIn to try to land future guests, then yeah. yeah, I think it would make sense to include Smithtown Live. Okay. If you're only going to use LinkedIn to, um, you know, represent the real estate Jim Hayden, yeah, uh, then maybe not. Okay. Remember, it's a it's a branding tool, so I think it's all predicated on what brand you're looking to put out there and who you're looking to attract. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. So keep it. You have to, I have to look, think about that, you know, and who I'm trying to, cause you know, cause I don't know who my next client is really in real estate. You know, right. it could be somebody that I interview. Could be, you know? Yeah. It's all about what persona you want to put out there. Right. Okay. Maybe you want to put both personas out there. You know, it's just a decision you'll have to make. Right. Okay. I mean, just as an example, I'm a business owner, uh, but I started my business on a very part-time basis around six years ago. And at the time I was job seeking. So there was a point in time where I was using LinkedIn to job seek, to sell. And my job was a recruiter. So I was also recruiting using LinkedIn. You know, so there's many different ways you can use LinkedIn. It's just all about what your end goal is. And okay. for watching this, it's to find their next job. Right. Okay. So really having um, it be as robust as possible um, is is really the key. Robust. Yeah, that's a great word. Robust, robust. content. Because and, and, and knowing what you're you're utilizing it for is also um, important. Absolutely. Yeah. All, all great marketing has an end goal. It, it, all great marketing understands the audience. Okay. Um, but yeah, robust is a great word. Having a lot of accurate targeted content keywords. That, okay. That's what's going to help the right people to find you, the right recruiters. Okay. Very cool. And actually uh, piggybacking on that, the last <clears throat> I want to take a look at is your skills and endorsement section. This section uh, actually impacts LinkedIn's matching algorithm very heavily. So it's important to have a really well-developed skills and endorsement section. Okay. So that you're basically aiding LinkedIn's matching algorithm to match you with the right recruiters. So yours looks very solid, actually. I mean, you can add up to 50 skills here. Okay. And I'm not going to count them one by one, but... Yeah, I guess you probably have around 40 to 50 here right now. Right. Good spot. And these all look very appropriate for what you do for a living. Yes. Yeah. So I would say you're, I would say this is definitely a highlight of your profile. You've done a great job here. Okay. Now, should, should you, let me ask you this. Should you, if you have one party, does LinkedIn have this format set up or can you move? like drag and drop different sections. Doll. Now, this is LinkedIn's standard format. So okay. for every profile, this will be the order of the content. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. So those are the major sections of the profile. Okay. And what about um, like compared to my profile, which seems to be pretty complete. I know I need to update some stuff. Um, what's a, like, have you seen profiles that are like blow your mind profiles? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I, so LinkedIn has a ranking system. So your profile can be ranked beginner, intermediate, all-star. Okay. Um, now the caveat is, is you can have an all-star ranked profile and still have a pretty mediocre profile. Um, having an all-star rank profile simply means that you've included all of the sections. It doesn't necessarily mean that you've developed them properly. But yeah, I've seen some absolutely incredible all-star rank profiles. And, and typically those profiles, they follow the guidelines that we just went over. They have a great intro, great banner photo, great headshot, great headline, an amazing, uh, amazingly well-written about section with media. Okay. And um, just robust content in the experience section. You know, basically just every section maxed out and, mm -hmm. um, you know, really just well-developed. Okay. Very cool. 
Now, what about um, what about posting on LinkedIn? If you're writing blogs or you have content, um, how important is that? And does that push you higher into um, the ranking or does it make you more visible? Um, you know. Well, you know, yeah, I mean, yeah. The fact of the matter is, I mean, if you're if you're posting content, you will become visible. But I mean, this is going to sound harsh, but you better be posting quality content and you better know what you're talking about because it, you know, if you're, if you're putting yourself out there in the, into the public and um, your opinions and th thoughts are not well received or respected that, you know, that could certainly work against you. Um, okay. But if, but if you're a, if you're considered sort of a, a thought leader in your field and you're putting out quality content, you're, you're putting out thoughtful posts, you're, you're publishing articles that are well received that yeah that i i think linkedin is the best platform to showcase that content uh, linkedin's organic reach is incredible and um you know uh, well well received content spreads like wildfire on linkedin okay okay so we're gonna but again you better be good at it <laughs> so we're gonna have to post this smithtown live uh session after uh we'll have to both post it on linkedin yeah, absolutely. After this. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so any other, is there any other things? I know um, I try to be very attentive to um, messaging on on LinkedIn. Um, so if somebody sends me a message, I know I get a lot of, you know, their automated marketing messages from somebody that I just, you know, maybe it's a banker or a, you know, somebody trying to sell me something, which I, I tend to ignore, but um, I try to be very tentative, you know, attentive to people sending me a message um, because that may be my next um, client. Yeah, sure. Uh, listen, I am the number one advocate of messaging <clears throat> on LinkedIn. I okay. actually think that's where all the value of LinkedIn resides. You know, it's it's great to post content and to comment and to like, you know, like we were just discussing. There, there's mm -hmm. definitely value in that. But I think the real value in LinkedIn resides in the messaging function up here. I'm circling it right now. As a business owner and a job seeker, I personally have done so much business and I've actually landed a job using the messaging function myself. So if you don't mind, I'll tell a really quick story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I'd love to yeah. hear it. So, and I think this will really help the job seekers out of watching this. So six years ago, I started my own resume writing business and, and I've had that business through today. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's doing really well. But mm -hmm. around 14 months ago, I, I, I saw an opportunity where I could take on around 10 more hours worth of work. Okay. So. Using LinkedIn, I uh, I identified a, a a large career services company that was that um, just very well respected, very well known. And I I I just did some research. I went to the search bar up here, mm -hmm. and I identified the head of human resources for that company oh. and the regional okay. director of that company. So this guy's based out of Manhattan. Wow. And I I don't know these people but I just sent them a connection request on LinkedIn and a very brief um, note on those invitations, explaining to them exactly what I explained to you, that I have my own resume writing business. It's successful, but I want to pick up a few more hours on a very part-time basis. Okay. Um, and then we continued the conversation. So they accepted my invite. We, con we continued the conversation and the messaging function. And within three weeks, I was going through their training program and 14 months later, today, I still work for them on a very part-time basis. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so, yeah. yeah. So the moral of that story is, A, it required some guts. You know, I, I connected and, and messaged people that I didn't know. The real moral of the story is, is that I wasn't replying to a job posting. You were being the... The I was seeing action, right? And that's the real moral of the story. Most job openings are never advertised anywhere. 
Okay. So if I never took the leap, if I never initiated the conversation, mm-hmm. that opportunity never would have, um, it, it would have never come to fruition. So right. it takes a little bit of guts. Um, and it, it, it took a little bit of research. I had to track down who these people were. Right. So I think the, the big, big point there is um, don't wait for somebody to find you on LinkedIn or on Facebook or wherever, be your, be your own best advocate and do your own uh, research and outreach to get the job that you're going to really enjoy and want. Absolutely. Yeah. The great thing about LinkedIn is that you can use it in a very reactive and proactive way. So it's reactive in the sense that if you build out your profile, the way that I explained to you, you build it out robustly um, lots of keywords. You can use that for a reactive search, meaning the recruiters should be able to find you and contact you. But you can also use LinkedIn in a proactive way, the way that I did, right? Tracking down decision makers at companies you'd love to work for, sending them invitations, connecting with them, and then starting conversations using the messaging function. Okay. So just so much opportunity on LinkedIn. LinkedIn has completely eliminated the barriers to communication that used to exist in the hiring process. Oh, okay. 10, 15 years ago, you would submit a resume and pray that you'd get a response. Or you would cold call and try to get through receptionists. Um, You would mail in a resume and hope it got past the receptionist. Now you can directly message a CEO on LinkedIn. Will they reply to you? Probably not, but they might. And you don't have to go through the gatekeepers. Well, you don't know. You know, there's a lot of, um, I know there's a lot of people that have their their accounts being managed for them because, you know, if they didn't, they'd, they'd just be bombarded with, with uh, requests all day. Um, you know, but, but those messages I find do go, do get through. You know, um, you know, if it's the right message and the right tone of voice, the whoever's handling the CEO's profiles is going to know, okay, we, this, we want the, you know, we want to talk to this guy. Sure. And CEO's extreme. I mean, CEO's the top of the food chain, but, you know, you know, more realistically, you can use LinkedIn to just connect with recruiters whether it's corporate recruiters, staffing agency recruiters, uh, like I did, I connected with a director, a global director of HR. Okay. So decision makers, they're not CEOs, but they're decision makers. They're people that can influence the hiring process. Um, And and these are people that pre LinkedIn, you, you really didn't really have access to. Um, So link, listen, I'm the biggest advocate for LinkedIn. I mean, I, I could talk to you about LinkedIn all day. Right. Yeah, it, gave, it gets my gears turning about reaching out to, um, you know, uh, development companies and stuff like that and talk to them about, you know, who's handling their, you know, their real estate. You know, even corporations need to buy um, commercial properties, you know, so you may find somebody in, in the realm that is, um, you know, the head of the real estate department, you know, so gets my, gets my, uh, gets me, gets me excited, you know? Yes. Yeah, so, valuable tool in the tool belt for any, for any job seeker. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And if anybody has any questions and they want to throw it in the comments about LinkedIn, uh, feel free to, to ask us some questions. That's, that's what we're here for the next, uh, 20 minutes or so, you know? Um, so let's go back to, let's go back to resumes um, and talk about, um, like, I know we talked on the show the other day, there's going to be this whole resurgence of people, um, reinventing themselves. Like how, you know, how can they, does it does it look here's a here's a good question say i i'm a company owner and i just got your resume about one position but now you you you're 
sending me a resume about a completely different position in the company or, you know, is that, that good? Is that bad? Does that look strange? I know that's kind of like an offbeat question, but. Well, you know, I mean, I, Honestly, I don't know how any one recruiter or any one company or HR department is going to do anything. I don't know how they're going to react to anything. But right. in general, recruiters get paid to fill jobs. Okay. So if I'm a recruiter and I have an open job that I'm looking to fill because that's what I get paid to do. Okay. I wouldn't care if you applied to multiple job openings <clears throat> I had. Right? If you're a fit for a job I have, I'm going to call you. <laughs> okay. Now, now, to your point, what would be smart is if you're going to apply to multiple job openings with mul with different requirements, you should be customizing your resume accordingly. Okay. You don't want to, you know, I think what you're getting at is I, I don't think it's a smart tactic to just send the same resume out for multiple positions, um, just kind of spray and pray is what we call it. Right, 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 right. That's not smart. It's not a good uh, use of your time. And um, that's going to annoy recruiters. Okay. But if you can send out targeted resumes that showcase uh, appropriate skills. Okay. That are a match for a specific job opening. Right. Now that's interesting to me as a recruiter. Okay. Okay. I have a good question here is um, what should be left out of a resume? Oh, that's a great question. Um, there's no one answer to that, but the general answer to that is a resume is not a legal document. It's a piece of marketing. So your resume should contain content and information that is relevant to the job you're applying to. Okay. So in general, and this is a very loose rule, but in general, you want to showcase the last 10 to 15 years most robustly. Okay. But again, I mean, there's no one size fits all answer because it's all predicated on your goal. Okay. So, so now, most when you say ten to fifteen years, that was part of the part of this question is how far back should you go? But then, um, a new new college grad that's just getting into the job market isn't going right. to have ten to fifteen years of experience. So, exactly. how far? How how many accolades? Um, should they try to come up with and how far back should they be going? Should they be putting that they were an Eagle scout, um, you know, or, or, you know? Yeah. I, well, I think, I mean, a college grad resume is a totally different animal, you know, just okay. because of the, just because of the young age and the, the general lack of experience. Right. Um, you know, th there's different rules for a college grad resume. So, yeah, things like Eagle Scout, I have included that on resumes because in in that world, the Boy Scout world, that's considered the most prestigious sort of rank. I, I, I believe I'm not a Boy Scout, but I believe that's the most prestigious rank. So yeah, um, lots of hiring managers are Boy Scouts or Eagle Scouts and would respect that, and that's what they would resonate. That's what would resonate with them. So something right. like that, yeah, I I would include on a, a recent college grad resume. Now, if you had ten years of experience under your belt. Yeah, we we would drop that off the resume most likely at that point. Um, but but yeah, for a recent college grad, we we need to um, we need to claw from all angles of life to really bulk up that resume. Whether it's extracurriculars, on campus activities, internships, uh, you know, collegiate athletics, volunteer work, coursework, relevant coursework, thesis papers. Uh, you know, we really gotta we gotta pull from all aspects of life to to bulk up that resume. Okay. Very cool. Um, and then what about resume writing? Um, you know, should I hire a resume writer or is it easy to just go on? Like, yeah, I mean, you, your position is, is here for a reason, right? Yeah. <laughs> cause, cause I don't know how to write like, um, and I don't know what the, what the what people are looking for you you we talked about this the other day you have you have the best of both worlds you were a corporate recruiter um and you saw everything that was sliding past you because of mistakes um 
which is the vast majority of resumes. The, <clears throat> yeah. So have contain at least one error or are not marketing the candidate properly. Okay. So, so your question, I'm very biased. Everybody should hire a resume writer. Right. And right. It should be me. Okay. Yeah, no, no. I um I guess I mean like I know when I was um you know back in the day, years and years ago, <laughs> um you know, going and researching how to write a resume is almost it's it's almost like all of a sudden you get blasted with all this information and you're like, all right, which one is, now I'm like, yeah, which one is the right format um you know how do i put this together um you know so for somebody that's getting back into the job market it, it, it behooves them to reach out right yeah so i mean i, I was joking around a little bit that i'm biased yeah. and higher no, no, i get it i get it obviously i obviously i think there's a ton of value in hiring a quality resume writer because it's very challenging to well first off most people are not great writers Mm -hmm. It's also very challenging to write about yourself because you're just too in the weeds and you're too emotionally attached to your own career. Yeah. Whereas I'm a neutral party. All I care about is what are your employment goals and how do we best present your body of work to okay. land in a job? So I, I have no emotions. I, I will cut out things from your resume and I won't even think twice about it, but I know it's the right thing to do for you. Okay. Um, and just to give you a little secret, you know, I have my own resume. I ask another certified professional resume writer to look at my resume because right. I'm too attached to my own document. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not ashamed to admit that. Yeah. Um, but it's just the truth of the matter. It's it's actually where I think I think that's where I provide the most value. I'm a neutral, non-emotional, um, you know, a, a person you know person who can come in and, and pick your document apart. Mm -hmm. understanding what your goals are it's it's very interesting um that like you, you probably never sell your own house right i probably would not right because you're too emotionally attached to the house and it's it's very interesting that you bring that up because a lot of you know we do get people that say well, i can sell it on my own and i go okay that's that's fine. And I'll I'll even get, help you find the resources and tell you who the best photographer is and and whatnot. But you're it's going to be a struggle because um, you're you while well, you know, you have a brand new boiler like or, you know, a nice stone hearth fireplace or a pool that you put in 15 years ago. And, you, right. and there's that. There's that emotional monetary attachment that mm -hmm. I have the best pool or exactly. I have the best fireplace or I have the best backyard. And that's why my, you know, so usually, usually it doesn't turn out good. It's, you know, the pricing is off or something is off somewhere. So, or then they're, you know, I, you know, eliminating the, 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 um, the biases. Yeah. You know, I'm their their negotiator. Basically, I'm going to help take all that information and put it into one thing that's going to look good for a bunch of different people, and then um, and help them make a, a market um, a negotiation decision without being attached to the pool or you know the property. Exactly. Yeah. Same thing applies here. Yeah, I think that's exactly what you're doing with resumes. Yeah. And then just on top of that, you know, it helps that like I, I know how to develop compelling content. I, I can coach my client through the conversation, you know, and take really mediocre content and pull additional information out of my con out of my client to create really compelling content that leads to interviews, which ultimately leads to job offers. Right. Okay. So, yeah, I'm I'm biased, but I, I do think if you can track down a quality writer, it's it's a wise investment. Okay. Um, so here's, here's a good, uh, two good questions. Um, hobbies, should you have your hobbies in your resume? Uh, it's a great question. Honestly, I go back and forth on this. I mean, this is a question you could ask a hundred writers, resume writers, you might get a hundred different answers. Like 
so it comes down personally, I'm usually against it, but I've seen so many people land interviews over shared interests. Yeah. So on the one hand, I'm not completely opposed to it. You know, like yeah. within reason, if if a client was adamant about including hobbies, you know, within reason, um, if it wasn't anything really off the wall, uh, I wouldn't really fight them on it because I've seen it countless times where, you know, in, in, an, in a, a resume evaluation process, you have two equal candidates, but one's a marathon runner and they listed on their resume and the hiring manager's a marathon runner. And, yeah. and no matter all the great experience and the education, all the hiring manager sees is the marathon runner. Yeah. <laughs> what about, um, yeah, no, I, I get that. It's, um, I, I could see putting that you're a runner if you're applying to be a manager at a running store. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I, that's a great you know, point. I think aligning, I think aligning your hobby with the profession that you're going after might be, you know, you could be a graphic designer and your hobby is sign making. Well, that's a great point. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, and this actually ties into my entire theme over this hour. Everything you do, it should be predicated on your goals. Right. So I don't think you should just list hobbies willy nilly, but um, <clears throat> certain occupations that are very competitive, I think it would be wise to list something like a marathon runner. That's a very competitive trait. Okay. If you're if you're applying to be like a, a stock market trader, a salesperson, it I don't think it's the end of the world to say that you're a marathon runner. But would you want to indicate that you're you love knitting, right? Or um, <laughs> um, you know watching House of Cards? No. Yeah. Stock market, I would want to write that I won the World Series of Poker five times or something. 100%. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that would be incredibly compelling. You know, um, um, what about um, what about using complex or large words like, like juxtaposition? Um, you I, mean, do you mean like using like flowery language? Yeah, in your bio, like how, how 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 does that help? Like, I don't think when I when I um when I talk to people, I try to talk to them in in language that they're going to understand, not using big technical words that they're going to they're going to be like, well, I don't know, you just confused me. Yeah, um, and again, this is me personally, but. When I see a resume that's written in really flowery language that I need like a Rosetta Stone to understand, okay, um, I'm immediately turned off. I'm either I'm thinking, what is this person trying to hide from me? Why are they? Because my rule of thumb in life is if if somebody can't explain something clearly, they don't know what they're talking about. Right. Right. Um, and 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 a, and a great resume conveys a clear message. Mm -hmm. So we should we you know we should be speaking eloquently on a resume, but not in flowery, complicated sentence structure. It, okay. it, most recruiters just get to the point. <laughs> right. Okay. Um. So, what are the what are the top five or top ten things that that just completely get your resume? overlooked like that'll go you'll go in the trash bin immediately yeah i you yeah. know i've been i've um i've tried to write my own resume and then i've also applied for these online jobs where they ask you um uh you have to take a test and the test is automatically algorithm to to flag you um but on a resume i think where people are actually reading it um, what are, what are some things that can just automatically get your resume tossed? Well, the first one's going to sound really basic, but that you're not qualified for the job, you know, okay. and I, I know that sounds silly and basic, but <laughs> I have a recruiting background. If I posted an open job, no joke, 95% of the people that applied had no qualifications Okay. or, or very few of the qualifications. And I, you know, I just delete them like immediately. Okay. Um, so that's number one. I mean, and, and yeah, 
I, I know that sounds crazy, but it's frustrating because I know those people are wasting their time. Yeah. So have a targeted job search strategy. Don't <laughs> play and play. Well, I think putting a resume in for a job that you're not qualified for is also shows a little bit of desperation, um, you know, and then how does that look, you know? Not, it doesn't look great. No. Now, but here's the thing. So there's not, there's a difference between uh, being ambitious in your job search and applying for jobs that you don't have any qualifications for. Okay. So I respect people that shoot for ambitious roles. Right. You know, where maybe you're, you have like five out of the 10 qualifications or six out of the 10 qualifications. But what I'm saying is like 90% of applicants usually check off zero to three of the boxes. And it's just a total waste of everybody's time. But I totally respect the ambitious uh, job seekers. And okay. what they need to do is they need to create a well-constructed resume that clearly demonstrates why they're qualified for the job. You know, maybe they're not a slam dunk 10 out of 10 fit but they need to demonstrate the correlations between the requirements of the job they're applying to and their background, their skills, their areas of expertise. And that needs to be crystal clear on the resume. Okay. So your point, what are people doing wrong? They're not replacing those correlations properly. Okay. And that should all happen in the top third of the resume. The first impression. So if you're applying for an IT job, like the, opening line should be something about IT with IT experience right below it. Absolutely. Yeah. You sh- it should be clear that you're an IT professional and you should be showcasing some of the skills that you possess that the, that the job posting is requiring. Okay. Okay. Are there any other, um, like, all right. So that's, that's one kind of, What's what's another big one that um, that you see a lot? Um, a lot of spelling errors, which is just you know in 2020 that's just really unacceptable between spell check and just you know running your resume by two or three people that you respect to catch those errors. Yeah, I want to give everybody a um, and this goes for everybody, even in the real estate field. There's an extension called Grammarly. Right. And it works in Chrome. And if you're not using it, like I don't even send an email off before I like I won't reply to somebody unless I know it's it's because you don't it doesn't look good. Yeah. You know, I think it's so important. I mean, you know, and, and the response I'll hear back from some people is, well, you know, I'm not applying to be an English teacher, you know, or I'm not a writer. I'm not a poet. But yeah. it, it's not the spelling. It, it's 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 the lack of caring and attention yeah. that we're giving to your representation on paper. Yep. Like if this is what you're putting out to the world, if this your resume is supposed to be your best foot forward. Yes. So spelling errors, formatting inconsistencies, those are major red flags because what the recruiter's thinking is. If this is this person's best word forward, how are they going to be when I when I actually hire them and they're comfortable in the job? Right. right? They're, they're going to cut corners, no attention to detail, um, just a lack of interest. Yeah, you could be a very experienced own resume. You could be a very experienced person in that field and a perfect fit for the job, but then those little errors might get you flagged because then, like you said, the employer or recruiter is looking at, you know, is this guy really or gal really a good fit for our company? Yeah. You know, it just, it, these are preventable. My rule of thumb is these are preventable issues and you should prevent them because getting a job and getting an interview is hard enough. Why give the recruiter any, at unnecessary ammunition to hold against you. Yeah. And these are issues that e- a spelling error, even if they call you in for an interview, it's raising red flags that you'll have to overcome. Why, why do that to yourself? G- getting a job's hard enough as it is, right? So just go with a flawless resume so that you're only being judged on your skills, your experience, and, and your background. Yeah. Especially in these times where, you know, um, all of a sudden the, the playing field just went from, you know, zero to a hundred 
of everybody looking for every single position on earth. You know, I imagine there's like, like we talked about before, there's going to be a bunch of people that um, get rehired. Um, but then there's going to be a lot of people that are still looking for work. Unfortunately, yeah. I hope as many people get rehired as possible, but yeah, unfortunately, um, it's going to be a very competitive job market. So yeah, it could come down to little things like spelling errors, right? Like if, if a recruiter receives a hundred resume resumes, they whittle that down to 20 qualified resumes. It come, it could come down to spelling errors to get that 20 down to five. Okay. You know? so just don't let something silly like that uh, cost you an opportunity. Right. 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 You could be a phenomenal employee, but you, yeah. you know, your spelling's just not great. Use spell check. Ask a friend. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's um it's 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 gonna be interesting. It's a tough market out there to begin with. Um, you know, it's gonna be interesting. So Ron, again, how can people reach out to you if they need help with their resumes and their job search? Yeah, uh, my website is readresumes.com. It should be on the screen next to my name there. Yep. Uh, on the website is all my contact information, my email, uh, phone number. All my social media is at readresumes. That's Instagram. You can find me on Facebook, Ron Reed or Read Resumes. Um, pretty accessible guy. Okay, great. Hey, I want to thank you again for doing this hour-long um, Q&A. We had some pretty good questions. We broke down. I, I know I'm going to be going and working on my LinkedIn profile after this. Awesome. And um, we should do it again. You know? Yeah, definitely, Jim. That was awesome. Some people uh, reach out to you. And you know, just putting this out there, if there's any other business owners in and around the Smithtown area that want to talk about their business, feel free to reach out to me here at Smithtown Live. Send me a message or friend me on Facebook, you know? Awesome. Good stuff. Thanks so much, Jim. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Ron. Take care.